Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Again, don't, please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm European champion, so I'm not one of, of the bottle. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. Hello, hello. Welcome to more comedians talking about football. This week, I'm talking to Graham Coulomb about Chelsea FC. Now, Graham is a good friend of mine. He's become a bit of a mentor to me, actually, during my time on the comedy circuit. And he also gave me my first ever paid gig, which, when we bring that up in our chat, sounds like he may be expecting a refund for that spot. (laughs) Um, uh, Graham is a bit of a comedy veteran as well. He was on the circuit around the late 80s and early 90s before taking a 15-year break and then returning and now running one of the most, well, personally, I say one of the best nights in West Berkshire, the Hungerford Comedy Club. Brilliant night. If you can get there, do go. During his time on the circuit, he gigged with the likes of Mickey Flanagan, uh, Graham Norton, and even did a gig at the Comedy Store with Steve Coogan. And he actually tells us a bit about that um, Coogan gig uh, and a chat they had, which was quite interesting. Anyway, let's listen to a bit of Graham in action. Uh, I make love to my wife, uh, who's a teacher. Uh, so we make love according to Hofstede principles. <laughs> no, I don't mean by that that I get half an afternoon's notice. <laughs> and then we have the inspectors in. Is it what it is... Or... Oh, sorry. Is it outstanding or requires improvement? <laughs> so it does it require improvement, but if I ever get to be outstanding and have the big banner on the fence outside the house... So thanks for trying to rip my joke. Wait, very good. Are you a teacher? Are you a teacher by any yes, chance? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So you know the routine. Do you want to say anything? <laughs> it's your own time, your waste. <laughs> When I asked Graham to come on to talk about Chelsea, he said to me, Sam, do you know what? I don't think I'm the right person to come on your podcast. I don't go to games like I used to. I'm not sure if I'm the right kind of fan. But actually, I think Graham is 
the perfect football fan. See, Graham, he might not get to the games like he used to be able to, but he goes to women's matches, he goes to youth matches, and he's got his eye on talent coming through the youth academies. Uh, he's got a real interest and a real love for Chelsea, which you'll discover in this episode. Now, I will say at this point, this is actually the last episode I recorded before the lockdown. Um, and I actually, if you, when I was editing, I found this little bit near the end where we're talking about the, uh, the rule that come in at the time of recording this about no handshakes. We didn't need to do the handshake because it was. <laughs> we should be handshaking at the moment anyway. What with coronavirus? No, Wash it you out. can't see it or hear it on the the thing. So I'm not sure I did that. <laughs> Little did we know that just a few days later we'd be cut off from the entire world. But still, anyway, this was a really fun episode to record. So I'm going to get straight in. This is Graham Coulomb talking about Chelsea FC. So I'm here with Graham. Graham, thanks for coming on the podcast, mate. Come on, you blues. So how long have you been a Chelsea fan? I think it dates back to 1970. It must do the 1970 Cup final, Chelsea Leeds. I, I, I can't remember the Cup final specifically, but I can remember an evening watching black and white telly and being aware of a team in white and a team in grey, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it would either have been the Chelsea-Real Madrid 71 European Cup Winners' Cup final. But I think I was already a Chelsea fan by then, so I think it must have been the uh, Man United uh, at Old Trafford replay from 1970 Cup final. That's mad they used to have replays for Cup finals. You can't imagine it in the modern game, could you? I think it was probably extra time in both as well, you know, so it's the longest Cup final of the lot. I'm always kind of jealous when people have got kind of memories of that that era of football because it's back then when an FA Cup final was such a huge event. It really did mean something then didn't it yeah yeah I I mean it was the the nation stopped it was the only football on telly basically wasn't it I mean I don't think we even had well we wouldn't have had live World Cups I don't think because they wouldn't have had the technology to do the the beaming from overseas so so you probably might have got like an England game or something but these days you can pick any game at any time if you've got the if you've got the contract with whoever you yeah. you can yeah absolutely so cuz i find it mad now i mean i love the fa cup it is still my favorite competition and you know i haven't had much to cheer of it you know i think reading i've only ever got to the semi finals once or twice and one of yeah. those times was in my lifetime the other one was back in the 1920s we got to the semi final and i found it a little bit strange that everyone talks about that semi final as if it's a final because they now hold the semi-finals at Wembley. Yeah, that's not a good thing, is it? No, I I I was a fan really of the uh, the sort of neutral ground in the middle somewhere, mm. and really just for the fans as much as anything. And obviously for a Chelsea fan going to Wembley's no problem from a logistical perspective. It's better to go to Wembley than it is to go to Villa Park, say. Yeah, but uh, you got a feel for the fan that's coming up from Southampton or coming down from Newcastle or mm. down from Liverpool or whatever. Um, you know, but they've the travelling fan, well, the fan at the ground really counts for nothing these days, do they? Let's be honest. No, it's a shame. I mean, I, I just don't, can't get my head around the whole semi-final at Wembley thing. I, I really can't. I mean, there's not like they couldn't still do the neutral ground thing. You've got beautiful grounds Absolutely. Now. You've got, you know, West Ham, Tottenham. You've yep. still got Old Trafford. You've still got, you know, um, Manchester City's ground. You've got all these grounds up and down the country that you could yeah. use as a neutral ground that would be a nice place to go yeah. and it just kind of takes that special final feeling away from it yeah I, I completely agree with you I, I I think Wembley Wembley's the destination for the final but then I mean Spurs were playing their home matches at Wembley for a season weren't yeah. they so um, it's forever tainted 
in my view, by that really. So uh, as a Chelsea fan, much as we love going there, um, much as we love going anywhere to beat Spurs, um, it, it's still Wembley. Wembley ought to be the special place, really. Oh, I agree. Did you ever get to, to Old Wembley or any of the, the, the big Chelsea games yourself? Uh, sadly not, no. I mean, I, I, so I am a bit of an imposter as far as uh, <laughs> that's concerned. Uh, I was born and brought up in Lincolnshire, so, I mean, opportunities when I was a kid uh, to get to see Chelsea were very, very few and far between. I think my first Chelsea game actually was uh, against Carlisle in uh, the old First Division. And uh, those of you old enough to remember will know that Carlisle had a brief flirtation with the very top yeah. of the first division, <laughs> and um, they uh, they they hurt us. But um, yeah, actually, no, that's not true. I think it was. I think having mentioned Spurs, I think the game that I saw was uh, Carlisle against Spurs. But I was oh, okay. at, but I was actually in Carlisle still for a holiday, uh, visiting family when. Uh, Chelsea played Carlisle and lost, so that was a that was a pretty awful thing. But yeah, no. Over the years, I haven't been to many Chelsea games, but I, I did go to a Chelsea game on my honeymoon, so that's that's, oh, did you? that's not bad. Where was that? Uh, we stayed at Stamford Bridge, so I was at. Oh, so it's Chelsea Swansea. Oh, fantastic! In, How did Fiona uh, feel about that? Oh, uh, she was absolutely fine about it. Yeah, because she wanted to go to London, right? And and we looked at various hotel options in and around London. Uh, a couple of places that she knew of already compared prices and to be perfectly honest the uh, the hotels at Chelsea were very competitive um the match day package was obviously a bit more expensive um but yeah we went for that and uh, it was it was great actually it was really great i mean i'm not just saying that as a chelsea fan the whole experience was was fabulous Oh, well, no, I was at Reading. I was at Reading for the pre-match uh, yeah. with Pre- Chelsea. You went, to pre- uh, you, you went to the pre-season. Yeah, the Medeski yeah. uh, game. Yeah, um, they're always quite fun pre-season, aren't they? Don't you think? Because yeah, nothing matters. Nothing yeah. matters. It's two different teams, as as in your own side feels two different teams. First half, second half, and uh, so you watch two entirely different halves. Um, and I always, I, I wonder what the purpose of them is really, because if you're the kid that's sort of trying to break through and prove yourself, uh, but you're not playing against the same people that yeah. the established player is playing against in the first half, what, what does your performance really stand for? You yeah, know? it's true. That is true. So I, I, I feel for any young player, to be perfectly honest. I mean, it's a bit like comedy, isn't it? You can, you, you can do a great gig in a place where it doesn't really matter. Mm. And you can do a really bad gig in a place where you want to do well. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of people who do comedy can relate you, to that. You, you you can be on a bill with somebody that you don't particularly rate, and yet they have an absolute storming gig. Yeah. And you can have a great gig yourself against somebody who's well established, uh, but you know darn well that they are still going to get the booking next time. It's not mm. going to be you. So, so any player sort of coming through the ranks, how you sort of break through and really establish yourself um i've got a lot of respect for anybody who who makes a career out well, of it well it's funny you mention the 
younger players because one of the questions I was going to ask you is about what Frank Lampard's done at the moment with the yep. young players at Chelsea. It must be an exciting time to be a Chelsea fan. It, it's moment. really lovely, actually, from my point of view, because I have watched an awful lot of the youth team games over the last few years. Yeah. You, you get to see them live on Chelsea TV. Uh, I've been to more youth games, perhaps youth cup finals and that kind of thing, okay. maybe than I've seen the senior squad. So I, I really genuinely have seen the likes of Tammy Abraham, Mason Mount, Rhys James coming through from the age of sort of 16, 15, 16. And uh, we've had so many good youngsters come through. And again, how anybody decides that player A is worthy of the first team and, and player B needs to be shipped off to I don't want to name anybody's club and, and upset you, but so you know a team. <laughs> a, a team well, yeah, there you go. So you yeah. so you've got John Swift at Reading, yeah, yeah. right? Now in Chelsea's youth team, he used to partner Lewis Baker in the midfield. Right. I thought both of those two had an absolute future. We had Lewis Baker as well. You had him for a while, no, didn't you? Because I know John Swift went to Brentford, and then we That's bought it. him from Brentford on yeah. permanent. And then yeah, we had Lewis Baker for for a short time in in uh, for last season. It was actually yeah two thousand. Um, and I think he joined 18, you from 19. Leeds, didn't he? I think he'd been to Leeds. Yeah, I got, think so. He'd been across. somewhere before, and then we, we only got he's, him on the He's been in Holland. But yeah, you're right. And um, we we've had a, we did have a couple of players. I, I, I kind of they've gone out of my mind now. But especially around the time that first of all, when we had the short time we had Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. We had uh, Ryan Bertrand. Back yeah. Then. You know, he had yeah. links to Chelsea, of yeah. course, through Mourinho, and um, he brought in some players. There. So I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and so the likes of John Swift. You know, I really, from my perspective as a, just a fan, not a coach, I'd watch these youth team games and clearly they're playing against other 17, 18 year olds. Mm. So it's not the same as coming up against, I can't think, but you know, Jordan Henderson playing for Liverpool or whatever. Um, But those those two looked like they were going to be definite stars for the future they they played so well in a lot of the youth team games scored some great goals between them long range efforts baker often and yet you know well lewis baker really hasn't featured for anybody i think swift mm. gets regular games for he did, yeah, reading, reading he? he does i think lewis baker's on loan again somewhere at the I moment think he's it might gone be abroad germany somewhere that's right um but it, it is nice to see because i feel like for too long and i might be wrong you know i'm not a chelsea fan but it seemed to me for too long they were looking at trying to compete with um you know manchester city i mean you won the champions league in 2012 yeah you know fanta- fantastic that was i remember watching that and i thought it was well deserved and i, I really like uh, di matteo yeah, I think yeah, he me came too. in as yeah. he replaced AVB That's it. Um, and won the Champions League. And of course, in typical Chelsea fashion, he was sacked a couple of yep, games into the next season. Yeah, that's unfortunately the case. Yeah, he didn't have a great start in the league, bless him. That's um, right. I think it was inevitable in a way, uh, unfortunately. Um, but, but, you know, next player becoming manager and winning the Champions League. Fantastic. Wonderful. It uh, was fantastic. So so then, uh, since then, the rise of Manchester City, the amount yeah. of money that's coming to yeah, the Premier League, all about not the just money. the City, elsewhere. Yeah. And it seems to me that Chelsea for so long were trying to compete on that level and there was frustration from the fans that they, they weren't spending the kind of money, they weren't buying in those kind of players that, you know, the Manchester Cities were, were bringing in. But it seems that what they've done now is... They brought in Frank Lampard, and I was a real doubter of Frank Lampard. Yeah. I haven't seen him at Derby. Yeah. And I just thought, really, he's getting you know to the final of the playoffs, really worthy of becoming the next Chelsea manager. And I thought, oh, Chelsea fans weren't like this. But the, the response, mainly because of, you know, obviously you know what it's like having Frank Lampard in your team, it was 
it was quite positive, which surprised me. But then what pleased me most is that he has done well with them. You know, especially with what he what he had. There was the embargo that came in, so yeah. therefore he put the youth team in and and some young players, the ones you've you've mentioned, um, Tammy Abrahams and and the like, and. I think it's been a really, really exciting season. If I was a Chelsea fan, yeah. I'd be very happy. Yeah, I, well, I, I am very happy. I mean, it's, uh, other than the fact that I think, uh, in the way of football, a lot of the performances have not been uh, sort of reflected in the results. So we've had some shocking results, actually, mm. in games where we really have been the better team and really should have should have won. You know, under under normal circumstances but football's just got too many examples over the years of the team that defends resolutely gets a little bit of luck gets the odd deflection here and there and then you know a defender who's never going to score another goal in his entire career pops up and scores an absolute screamer from 90 yards or you mm. know from his own corner flag or something stupid <laughs> and uh, whilst we haven't quite experienced that this season we I think we have had just too many instances of, well, that had never happened again, but it's cost us the game. You know, it hasn't even cost us a draw, it's cost us the match. Mm. Um, so, yes, across the piece, I'm actually really pleased with, with what's going on. And I, I hope that this season is a, an education for the young lads and that they, you know, get better and improve and, and so on. Um, and where we finish, I mean, OK, we're fourth at the moment. We could still finish 10th. You know, it's so bunched up at the it's top there. It's mad there, isn't it? But I think even at the at the start of the season, if you'd said, well, look, you know, a lot of kids coming through, it's going to be rough, it's going to be a tricky ride, and you're actually going to finish 10th. I'd probably have said, okay, I'll take that yeah. because of what they're going to learn and I believe they'll be better next season. Well, that's the thing you've got as well is that this isn't, with such a young team, this is surely building for what could be a really exciting future. You hope these, so. These players I hope so. who are kind of you know eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Yeah. Keep hold of them. Keep them playing as a team. Yeah. Lampard seems to get on with them all very well. He's built a good squad there. Yeah. You think maybe not next season, but the season after, they yeah. could be really. They could be up there. I think. I think even next season. I mean, you know, we we went toe to toe with Liverpool in the league and in the um the world club championship no no the european thing wasn't it not the not the world club championship it was the two europe european cup and europe yeah. europa league winners and lost the league match but to be honest i think we were at least worthy of a draw uh in the european final thing i think we were probably the better team mm. so notwithstanding the fact that we've had the FA Cup result, you know, yeah. where he fielded, where Klopp fielded some of his youngsters as well. So I'm not taking too much from that, grateful though I am for the victory. I was going to say, yeah, because Chelsea beat Liverpool 2-0 in the FA Cup. With what had been the, the amazing team, you know, they're the, the best team in, in Britain at the moment, Liverpool. That must have still felt like a real victory, considering, yes, you, you he may have put out some younger players, Klopp. But still, that was Chelsea's youth. Yeah. Can, beat Liverpool's youth easily. Yeah. Uh, it, it did feel great. It did feel great. And uh, But the most pleasing aspect of it from me as a fan is 
I watched the entire game knowing the result. Mm. Uh, having watched it live, then I watched it knowing the result. And so it gives you the chance to look at what players are doing and perhaps notice things that you don't notice in the heat of the game itself. Uh, and I was just really impressed, actually, by the work rate and the effort and the decision-making. Um, so in football, again, you know, the result doesn't always reflect the game. But I actually felt in this game that we were worthy of the win and I was really pleased about the effort they put in. Oh, brilliant. And as I said, against Klopp's Liverpool this year, yeah. that's a real yeah, thing. Because his team work hard. His team work hard and, you know, it, it, it could have gone the other way. Liverpool had the first real chance of the game if they score it, which has kind of been what's happened to us a few times this season. The opposition have had, I mean, against Arsenal, two all draw. They had two shots on goal. They scored two goals. Mm. You know, that's a bit rubbish really, isn't it? But... Um, now Liverpool credit to Liverpool they've they've been great but I think they've ridden their luck a little bit this season as well to be fair VAR uh, might have helped them out a few ways I, 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 so not in terms of giving decisions um, that shouldn't have been given hmm. because VAR largely is getting it right but yes without VAR they'd have conceded a few more goals they might not have scored some of the goals that they scored it's Chelsea. a positive time to be a Chelsea Yeah, fan. I think I think it is. I think it is. Um, whether they'll ever quite be good enough to win the league, mm. you know, because um, City are still going to come piling in with the money. Uh, and, you know, every every club tries to get better. But, I mean, I remember Chelsea being bottom of the old second division. So I'm a pig in muck all the time <laughs> at the moment. From kind of the, the positivity of the future, yeah. let's go back to kind of, you said you became a fan in, in the 70s, yeah. right at the beginning of the 70s. Yeah. What's your kind of early memories of Chelsea from back in the day, back when the shed at Stamford yeah. Bridge was a shed? I think my early memories really are, are just being disappointed <laughs> um, and, 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 and desperate. I mean, there was, there was a time when Chelsea were building the, their old West Stand and they, mm. they piled... Was it the West End or the East End? I do forget. Uh, but, I mean, they'd piled a load of money into yeah. developing that bit of the bridge and it left them without any money at all. And then when the team got relegated and, you know, things looked really, really bleak. So, actually, my memory of supporting Chelsea all the way through till the late 90s is that things looked really rough, mm. actually. Well, no, actually, the late 80s, things looked really rough to the late 80s, and then they started to improve. Hoddle made a big difference. John Neal, John McNeil first, and then Hoddle and so on. But um, Who were the players you really looked to back then? Who did you really admire? Well, in the 70s, everybody loved Osgood. I, yeah. I think, I, I, think I, I had a bit of a fondness for Charlie Cook, but I fancied myself as a bit of a goalkeeper. So, oh, okay. uh, so Peter Bonetti was always right. my childhood hero. Yeah. And he was the the person that I thought I could be. Clearly not, but but yeah. And then you know people like Alan Hudson. I don't think I really appreciated Alan Hudson other than knowing about him and knowing him as a young player coming mm. through the the ranks. And then when when the lights of Hudson and um, Osgood left us, you know that felt like a really bad time as a young fan. I sort of realizing that these two glorious gods of the yeah. team were moving on 
And then Ray Wilkins, when he came through, I mean, that, that was another youth team period, you know, a lot of young lads coming through. So I was a big fan of, of Wilkins and some of the lesser-known players, people like John Sparrow and um, John Bumstead, who non-Chelsea fans won't even remember, <laughs> existed. But, I mean, Bumstead played, I don't know, probably 300-plus games for the club, something like that. Just just one of these ever-present characters. Then Dixon and Speedy, you know, through that era, that yeah. was they were they were great for us. Gavin Peacock, when he came through, um, he was obviously bought in, um, but he he was great for us. And then, yeah, well, we're sort of we're not quite in the modern era, but you know, you've you've got the revolution that started when all the foreign players started coming in, in the, around the nineties, and the, yeah, the Di Matteos yeah. and, and the Zolas and the. The births. Was that and... when it got really exciting? When Chelsea, because in my memory, yeah. is, I, I'm 30 and I only remember Chelsea being a big team. Yeah. So kind of the, the idea of them being bottom of Division Two, you know, obviously yeah. now the Championship. Yeah. Is, I can't imagine it. I can't imagine. No. You know, I've even seen Manchester United to an extent drop. You know, yeah. from, their, from their standards, but Chelsea have always kind of been up there. They've always looked like a tight, kind of safe top. Premiership team, and so the idea they were down there is yeah. crazy. And my memory, of course, was the kind of the nineties when it yeah. started to change. So yeah. to pick up some silverware. That's it. Well, we got to, we got to the cup final in ninety four, mm-hmm. and losing that to Man United, especially in the way that we did. Referee was pretty shocking on the day. Yeah. Uh, we were a bit unlucky. We hit the bar. Gavin Peacock mentioned him before. Hit the bar before United scored, and then they scored four. You know, at that point, having won nothing for years and years and years, it feels like, well, that that's it. That's our, in my lifetime, mm. that is going to be the one and only opportunity that I get to see Chelsea win something. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's not just that we've we haven't won, but we lost in just such appalling fashion. Yeah, but then we got to '97, and uh, that was the year that we won the the FA Cup under under Hullet, and. I mean that was that was just glorious. Mm. Just it was it just was one of those things that I thought I would never see. Yeah, because because at that point, see to me that was just kind of early Chelsea. It's when I just yeah. went to football. But for you who supported them down in the bottom yeah. of Division Two, yeah. that must have felt such a rise from the you know Phoenix from the flames. Yeah, yeah. I mean I don't know who's bottom of the um, Championship at the moment, but it, the likes of a. I don't know a Coventry City who've who've been mm. big, have gone all the way down, yeah. and and are now trying to get their way back up again. You know, I, I, I obviously I can't promise a Coventry City fan that the same <laughs> thing is going to happen, but it is what every fan lives for, isn't it? In a way that you know, although we're a bit rubbish at the moment, that next year we might be better, and next year we might be better still, and one of these days we'll have a good run in a cup competition or something well then the year after that obviously the FA Cup you won the European Cup Winners Cup which I yep. believe now is the version of you know the Europa Cup basically yep. Yep. so then that was then kind of making a step into Europe yep. and then, do you think it was that kind of being noticed again on the big stage that then brought in the money that came around in 2004 when the well, club was bought out it, I guess it must have been I mean I think it was crucial wasn't it that Chelsea beat Liverpool uh on if it wasn't the last day of the season yeah. it must have been the it was back when Ranieri was um, so Ranieri was still manager and uh, we, we got a 2-1 victory over Liverpool uh, 
which was really important and I think probably key to the decision that Abramovich made to go for Chelsea Abramovich rather than there, Liverpool is what yeah. I'm what yeah. I've heard. Obviously, he doesn't confide in me. Who scored that goal? I think was it Lampard? Uh, it I think uh, the two goal scorers on that day were Jesper Gronkar and uh, Marcel Desailly. I think. Oh, got the... okay, okay. And it was they call it like the billion pound goal, or yes, something because of that decision that might have been triggered because of it. I believe. I believe that's the case. So, um, so yeah. I mean, we were always. We were always sort of there and thereabouts at that time. We were making the right kind of moves, but we were never going to be a league winner, I don't mm. think. And, you know, Mourinho has his critics. He has his critics amongst Chelsea fans even. Yeah. But uh, he, I think he really did bring a belief and a change of attitude and a change of state of mind with that group of players yeah basically Again, a group. lot of youngsters coming through the ranks as well like, well i suppose lampard had come from west ham but he, had, he was still yeah. a very young player he was still a very young player yeah the likes of john terry john terry through, yeah uh, jody morris was still around yeah. i think i oh, know i think morris actually probably left as uh Mourinho arrived as that, that in your mind is Mourinho the special one well, he only ever called himself. I, I, I'm, I'm really insistent on this. He yeah. only ever called himself a special one. Right. Okay. So it's like it, that kind of the misquoted of uh, life. Always said life is like a box of chocolates. Like the quote isn't quite that. That's you know, exactly like, oh, right. It's, Luke, I'm your father. It's no, I'm your father. He's, you've got to get that quote right, and he's kind of lived off that name, hasn't he? The special yeah. One. I, I, I think. It, I mean, he's both reveled in it and been damaged by yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And. Uh, it it does make me a little bit cross that the press went with the special one when he did say I am a special one, mm. um, and and he was at that time he was a special one in the sense that not many managers had done what he had done, mm. uh, and I th- and I think in that period as well he was a, he was very definitely a special one. I I think. The kinds of things that he was probably doing, a lot of the old school managers probably weren't. And now in the modern game, a lot of managers and coaches are probably doing those things and more. Um, So whether Mourinho still qualifies to be thought of as a special one or not, I I don't know, because I think others are, are proving themselves to be equally as good yeah. but I, I do think he changed the face of what was happening in the Premier League at the oh, time absolutely absolutely and that was kind of the time when the top four came in you know Liverpool Man United Arsenal Chelsea and yeah there was the, the big fight between those four which was some exciting years um so how how must have been amazing at that point? We talked about the rise of them in the 90s, but by this point you'd gone from in 20 years, you were a fan 20 years before all this, and suddenly there they were at the top, getting into the Champions League, winning the Premier League. Yeah. How, do you remember when they won the Premier League? Oh, I do, yeah. How did yeah. that feel? So for the... Uh, it was a bit like Liverpool this year, but without quite the margin. You know, yeah. for, for months people had been saying, it's coming. Chelsea, well, they're going to win it, aren't they? Mm. They're going to win it. So every week you're facing a game thinking, oh, just don't don't mess it up, don't mm. mess it up, please, please just win. And they kept winning and they kept winning and they kept winning. And uh, it was fabulous. I, I, I was in the hatchet in um, in uh, Newbury. Yeah. Um, and I just remember hugging some random other Chelsea fan, <laughs> you know, on, the, on the game where it was confirmed. Yeah. 
uh, and and uh, we went our separate ways, and it it just felt again. I just can't believe this has happened in my lifetime. I could yeah. remember myself as a sort of twelve, thirteen year old boy mm. promising that if I became a millionaire, a millionaire, mind you, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that I would, I would, a time when Chelsea was selling all their best players and for like £200,000, yeah. a million, a million pounds was going to buy you five great players. Okay. So I remember promising that if I ever became a millionaire, which I never have, right. I would give Chelsea this million pounds and we'd buy some great players and uh, we would, you know, we would, we would go on to, bigger and better things and some so, and the so, Russian so the Abramovich <laughs> came along and did all that for me I didn't have to spend a penny and, Fantastic. Uh, and uh, so yeah it, it was just one of those kind of life affirming for me obviously every other fan for it, every it every other team like, this is why I supported them but from yeah exactly one. you know god I was I've waited however many years yeah. it was for this and it's happened and I can't quite believe it but it's lovely I'm going to enjoy it I'm not uh, and that was the other thing because a lot of people even then were saying oh Chelsea have bought the title and well they kind of had I agree with that they kind of had but it wasn't like we came from nowhere yeah. we'd, we'd, we'd been pretty decent under Ranieri we'd been mm. pretty decent under Hoddle and so on and Hullet and Viali and so on yeah of course um, so it, it had we had been building to that but clearly Abramovich put the mm. the cream and the cherry and the chocolate Shavings on top of the cake, didn't he? I mean, absolutely. Drop it, Dennis. A moment to savour. Remember 94 when he was on the losing side. Steve Clark, what a fitting end then to his 10 years of service at Chelsea. Mark Hughes, well, he's seen it all before, but this will mean as much to him as all those earlier successes, I'm sure. So uh, let's go back then. Let's go back to back down at the bottom of uh, Division 2 sort of yeah. in the 80s because that's around the time you took up comedy oh well uh, hmm, let's think yes I I probably won Skegness Find a Star that's where it all started Skegness Find a Star Skegness Find a Star in, in is... something like uh, university years 82 to 85 so it's probably eight, yeah 84 okay. 85 somewhere there so yes from tragedy <laughs> From tragedy comes comedy. Um, it's usually the way, isn't it? Well, that's, that's, so you you had some like I've always been fascinated with your kind of early years in stand because you took a long break. Yeah. When did you? When did you so you did it in the kind of the mid eighties until. Well, yeah. So I didn't really do an awful lot in the mid eighties, to be fair. Was it um, the early nineties? So I it, it was really after my dad died, and I I decided to take a show to Edinburgh in ninety one. Right. Um, a completely wrong way around to, to do this. Yeah. Most, most most people sort of actually get themselves a bit of a, a grounding in comedy and then decide to do an Edinburgh right. show like five years later. And uh, I was a big enough egoist to think that I could um, do it the wrong way around, which clearly I couldn't. Although, to be fair, that was not, it was not a bad show, the 91 show. Was that um, Death of the Pole Tax? So that was Accidental Death of the Pole Tax. That's it, yeah. yeah. Topical, um, topical at the time, it was at the time, yeah, so, um, and it went very well. And, and then you, you did the circuit for a while, and then you, how long yeah. did you stop for? I must have stopped for 
Sorry, that's an awful sound for the radio, isn't it? <laughs> that's fine. Uh, well, probably 12... Blimey. 20, no, even longer than that. I don't know. What year is it now? What year is it now? 2020. 2020. Now. So I started again in 2013. Yeah, maybe even fifteen years or something. Yeah, well, I'm always fascinated to hear about your, your your kind of the early days on the circuits. You did quite a lot of gigs around London. Yeah, um, back then, and you you talked about some of the acts you, you perform with. I mean, the likes of Mickey Flanagan, Graham Norton. Yeah, um, I mean, you you tell a story about a, a young Steve Coogan kind yeah. of confiding in you about how he wants to give up. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I, I got an open spot at the comedy store in its in its old venue. Yeah. And uh, Steve Coogan was on, and he was brilliant, as you might expect. Uh, I don't think he was headlining. I don't know. He must have opened, I think. Mm. And so just as he was packing his... I remember him having a bag with him. I remember him right. packing, his, packing his bag, presumably carrying the obligatory notebook that yeah. you know all <laughs> comedians have to carry. Uh, and I, I would have said to him something like, oh, that was great you know brilliant well done, you know and and he said um i must have asked him if he was enjoying it or you know something of the kind yeah. and and he said well, i'm really looking to do something different i'm trying to i'm trying to move this on a bit it's not you know i don't really want to be doing this um and that was about the long and the short of it mm. uh but i think that would have predated him doing his character yeah. stuff yeah yeah because he kind um, of did impressions. Yes, he was. Well, he was very much an impressionist. Well. Yes, I, I did at the time. Quite a thing in the like late eighties, early nineties. You saw that quite a lot in stand up. Not so much now. Yes, you don't see it so much now, do you? I don't know whether. I don't quite know why that is. Well, I um, I remember asking why you don't do your impressions anymore, and you said. I probably said they're all dead now, yeah. did I? <laughs> or in prison. <laughs> or in prison, yeah. Yeah. Now then, now... Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Oh, yes, I used, there, I, go, there goes the family-friendly rating. I used, we got all, all the way through the episode without a swear word, which was uh, which didn't happen with my, my previous episodes. Yeah, but. no, I try not to swear, but uh, <laughs> I'm afraid I do know a lot of references from the 70s and 80s. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose I don't... I, I mean, I'm not close enough to the culture of the of the day really perhaps to to try and do impressions That's of fair. people these but you, days but your style now I, I kind of can't imagine it i've seen you sort of drop the odd kind of prince philip in there yeah or something like that if it's part of the story but it's yeah. not kind of like this is an impression of this yeah no it wouldn't really lend no. itself to that would it what i do these days miserable old man sort of stuff <laughs> when you say that you know but you, you've gone down very popular where you run a comedy night at uh, Hungerford, Hungerford Comedy Club, which I've done there twice and had a, had a really good fun, especially the last one, which was absolutely packed to the gills. Yep. And, uh, I mean, you get good, what, 100 in there? Something like yeah, that. we're averaging around about 100. Yeah. Um, it, 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 I think the lowest we've had is 70, which isn't bad, no, is No, that's it? not bad at all. It's, it's, it's great stuff. And you, you emcee that, of course. Yeah. Um, and you said there's not kind of other stuff going on in Hungerford, but bringing it back to football, you had an interesting event that you were part of for charity night. Yeah. And it was with a, uh, a who's now a local, but an ex-Chelsea player. Is he a local, is he? Yeah, Kerry? yeah I think he's I think he's only, um, well, I'm not going to say where he lives, maybe <laughs> on the, but I, yeah, I think he's quite local. Okay, I, I wasn't aware of that so much, but yes, um, last year... I was uh, privileged to be part of a fundraising event for a charity called New Life, which is uh, a charity that was set up by a, a friend of mine uh, who lost 
uh, children in childbirth and uh, has worked tirelessly since right. to raise, I think, over a quarter of a million now wow. for um, baby units in mm. hospitals. And uh, so he arranged an evening with, with Kerry Dixon that, that I was part of just hosting uh, that night. So, yeah, I mean, they say you shouldn't get to meet your heroes, but actually that was that was pretty all right, meeting Kerry. He was a nice guy. I was going to say, because you brought his name up earlier when you were talking about the players you kind of looked up to when yeah. you were, you know, supporting them in, in, in the sort of late 70s, early 80s and stuff. So that, I, I would love to do something like that. I've always thought oh, that would be such a fun thing. I, I, can, I think it can be quite a hard gig in some of these kind of Yes. Things. I've been to a few before and I thought, oh, okay, I'd love to be, I mean, I'd love to say, look, I'm, I'm here tonight with Matt Letizia, I'm here with John Barnes or whatever, but yeah. at the same time, after a few drinks, after a chippy dinner, the audience can be a little bit leery. But... Um, it was very much a football audience, of course, let's yeah. say, and, and so, yes, my material they are, They're the same as my a... podcast audience, but luckily I can't hear them, I can't hear them jeering, I can't hear them heckling. Yeah, no, that's, that's right. I mean, so... Uh, they were lovely because the majority were Chelsea fans. There was one gooner who'd gone there thinking that it was a night with Lee Dixon rather than Carrie <laughs> Dixon. Is that true? That is true. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I opened the evening by saying, you know, have we got... I, I was expecting it to be Chelsea fans, mm. possibly Reading, because that's yeah, where yeah, Dixon course, came yeah, from. Yeah. Uh, possibly even Luton, you know, he played for Luton he for did. a little while. Um, and Did he have a... A time with Southampton as well, I think. I think he had a brief period sure. with Southampton, I think. I know possibly. he was at Reading for a very said, small amount of time. Yeah, yeah, so he came to Chelsea from Reading. Um, but yeah, so I opened the evening saying, you know, uh, gives a cheer if you're a Chelsea fan, gives a cheer if you're a Reading fan, and obviously got the cheers from the audience, and then cheer for if you're anything else. And a little voice went up to my right-hand side, and I asked what it was, and his mate stubbed him in. <laughs> <laughs> He thought it was Lee Dixon. He thought it was he Lee Dixon. Lads, come, we're going to go see Lee Dixon. That's it. So presumably he'd taken them all along with him, I guess. I don't know. Oh, but, man. Uh, yeah. well, that, was good. that must have been good fun to do, though. I mean, It I, was good fun. I, I imagine still a little bit nerve-wracking if you're with somebody who... I mean, I, I find it a bit nerve-wracking when I'm on a, a, a comedy night with um, you know, a, an act I really respect and stuff. But I suppose it's quite different when you know, you're all in the same boat there. But when it's a footballer, you're like, well, I'm the comedian and I've, I'm the funny one here and I've got a kind of relax the audience into your speech so but it must have been a good experience yes it was it was a great experience i wasn't the only uh, comedian on the bills so right, okay. uh there, there was another guy uh who, who was much more old style mm. uh which working men clubs which he i mean he went down a storm yeah, yeah he absolutely did suit that kind of event um that's not to say that there weren't people in the audience who appreciated what i did you know they, no, they, they they did but uh it's a charity uh, night as well so it's always nice when it's kind of like yeah you know there's the, they're there to raise money for for something good yeah i mean to be honest that was the aspect of the evening though that i found most difficult because i i don't i, I don't i don't really feel comfortable in that kind of let's bid for the next thing you know oh, here's, here's a, way, yeah. I, I wasn't doing it but i was just present for it and uh i i it's just not me. I'm right. not. I'm not comfortable with that. Okay. Okay. Um, um, I was going to. So, so when did we first meet? We first met. Um, funnily enough, it's a nice day we're doing this podcast because it almost marks to the day that we first met at a open mic night, which is mixture of spoken word and music. I wouldn't advise doing your first gig there, by the way. <laughs> no, a, it is in, mainly in music. It is, it is mainly, mainly music. music, and I know a lot of people have done their first gig on a mix them. Looking back now, you realise that, that as nice as they can be, or sometimes as bad they can be, it's not a real reflection of a comedy club no. night. And you very kindly, there and then, offered me 
my first paid gig. Yeah. And I thought, this is easy. <laughs> yeah. I thought, that was it. I thought, right, great. I'm obviously, I'm obviously the best comedian ever. You came over to me, gave me a business card and said, I'm setting up something at this venue in the, in the summer. I think I'd like you to come down and do some stand-up. And, uh, yeah. It yeah. Was, it was really very nice. It gave me a, a very big confidence boost. And it definitely spurred me on to do many other gigs. And here I am now, many, many gigs later, and uh, still going. But, well, yeah, I always appreciated that. Well, that's great. And uh, to be honest... That makes me feel really happy because uh, when you when you are performing, what you more than anything, obviously, you want your audience to appreciate what you're doing. But it is lovely to get a little bit of external recognition from perhaps one member of the audience yeah. who who takes the trouble to come up. And I mean, you, what you don't want to hear is you don't want to hear the. Oh mate, I couldn't do that. You've got yeah. You, that's the one thing you, you, people think they want to hear that. Oh, it's so brave. I yeah. can do that. What you're saying is, then did I do something that looked really scary? That's it, like, I yeah. want to make it look fun, not exactly. scary. Exactly. Yeah. You really don't want to hear somebody say, "Mate, I couldn't do what you do. Yeah. I, I couldn't be that terrible." I'm sure you'd want to hear that if you were a footballer, mate. I couldn't do that. I, Maybe. I couldn't do those skills. Maybe that that's that's kind of good as a footballer. Maybe, but um, but but, 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 but even still, what they're saying is, I mean, I I couldn't go out and miss three open goals, <laughs> and, and still come back and play for the team next week for a lot it? of money. That's that's what they're really yeah. saying. So I think that's that's what they're saying to you as a comedian when they say that. But so it, it, I wanted to be the kind of person who would go up to an act at the end. And and actually be able to say, I'm backing up what I say here that I actually thought you were pretty good there by saying, mm. here's a gig. I watched that paid gig I did for you the other day. I think it was like my, my by then I think it was like my thirtieth gig or something. Right. Yeah. I, I I think I owe you some money. It wasn't. <laughs> it wouldn't have been your finest hour. I've seen you do much better since. Oh yeah. Well, hopefully I'd be a yeah. bit gutted if you yeah. got. Oh no, that was it. That was that was the. And you've plateaued. <laughs> that was the highlight. The third, when I saw yeah. you first, that was your peak, and you you, you <laughs> yeah, kind of dropped off and plateaued ever since. Uh, no, good to see. You. I've I've done better since. It was then. a it was a blistering hot night. If you remember oh, the paid gig. Do you know what? Night. I was really ill that night because yeah. I at that time I was so bad with nerves that not only could I not eat before a gig, I still don't like to eat too close to a gig so I don't want to feel like full or anything yeah. but I, I, don't, I didn't drink either I couldn't drink or anything yeah. so I went up there I hadn't drank for ages and it was blistering heat and there was the lights on and I was wearing a full suit for some yeah. reason I've never worn a suit ever again in comedy and I just you can see it in the video at one point I'm sort of acting something out and this big like <laughs> water just flip, flops off my forehead and I went out afterwards and I went from there because a couple of my mates came to watch me uh, they never came back again <laughs> to see me do stand up and um and I, I went straight on to like alcohol and I honestly had about two drinks oh, and I was wow. so dehydrated and it was so hot and I was yeah. in that suit. I think I went, I'm going to go home and I went home and just passed out. Yeah. So, um, but still, <laughs> it's a fun experience. It's it was, good, it good. was a good, it was fun to do. And, um, but yeah, then that's, then that's, we've met and we've done many a gig since then. We've had, uh, we've had some really, really fun gigs. We we've have. had some, Slightly that strange Christmas ones. gig at downstairs at the King's Head that I never want to think about. You don't like that one, do you? I, oh, I don't feel too badly about that one. But uh, the Christmas yeah. one, uh, that was uh, that was uh, that was quite something. Uh, it's now time for the regular feature. Oh yes, which is of course, can you be? Are you Graham Coulam, the ultimate Chelsea fan? According to the quiz, as created by Children's BBC. I'm terrified. <laughs> 
10 questions, three categories. Get them all right and prove you are the ultimate Chelsea fan. But get one, get one wrong get one and wrong. it's back to the start. Now, you don't get a second go at this. Oh, it's, it's like a penalty shot. It's, it's a sudden death. so difficult. Okay. So here we go. So nice, simple one to start. It's sure? a picture of a, a stadium there. Question one. Where do Chelsea play their home matches? Is it Anfield or Stamford Bridge? Really? I mean, that is a, yeah, that yeah, is a question. Well, okay, well, yeah. Stamford Bridge. Stamford Bridge. Uh, correct. Um, second question. There's a picture here of a friendly, oh, cuddly looking lion. I hope they're all that easy. In a, in yeah, Stamford Stanford the Lion, yeah. Right, yeah. So you've got Lionel the Lion, Barry the Blue, or Stamford the Lion. Oh, no, Stamford. Stamford the Lion. Uh, okay, and uh, three out of ten. Who? Who is this player? I'm showing you a picture of a footballer now. Oh, my glasses. Four oh, options. Oh, that's, oh, that's fine. Yeah, Pedro. Pedro. Right. Yeah. There's four options there, and you pick Pedro, and uh, you are correct. So we're now on to question four. If you get this, you've already beaten Jacob Hawley. Um, so, which manager oh, has been in charge of Chelsea on two separate occasions? Jose Mourinho, Rafael Benitez, or Andre Villas Boas? Jose, obviously. Of course. Well, well done. You've now made it through to question number five. Wow. That's when it gets a little bit tricky. What position did Chelsea finish in the 2017-2018 Premier League season? Were they third, were they fourth, were they fifth? This has tricked a lot of people, this question. 2017-18. Oh, my. Anyway, so 18-19 was last season, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's the season before. It's the third, fourth, or fifth. Well, we went into... We went straight into Europa, didn't we? Or did we come out of the Champions League to go into Europa? I can't remember. We must have got. We must have been fifth. You're going to go for fifth. That's correct. <gasps> if you get this right, you could be in our leaderboard. So, who was Chelsea's top scorer in the 2017-18 Premier League season? Was it Willan, Eden Hazard, or Morata? In the 2017-18. Yeah. So again, not last season. Season. Yeah. Well, it must have been Eden, surely. It's correct. Yeah. Question seven. I think that's you top of the leaderboard. Uh, right. Okay. How, this is this is a tricky one. I think. How many times have Chelsea won the FA Cup? Is it six, seven, or eight times? Seventy, ninety-seven, two thousand. See, I can remember the early ones. That's weird, isn't it? Um, I, how, how long have I got for this? Uh, we're going to say you got uh, thirty seconds. Shit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was swearing. Um. From Middlesbrough Villa, uh, Everton, Portsmouth, Liverpool, United. I've got to seven so far. How many? How many have I got? Six, seven, or eight? Seven. Seven. We've done that. Fucking. Can we not knock it? Have oh, I gone? Yes, you've gone. That's six out of ten. You passed halfway point, but stumbled just after. It must be eight then. When it comes to FA Cup wins, this is Chelsea we're talking about. Think big. The answer was eight. Who did I miss out? It was, it was the time pressure that cost me there. <laughs> yeah, we can't do forever, unfortunately. Even though that is the kind of the positive of the podcast. But Graham, don't worry. Oh no, I'm devastated. Um, I'm devastated because you still come away with a prize today. Uh, we talked about them a little bit earlier. Yeah, you, but it's, um... it's Europa League, isn't it? It's not Champions League. <laughs> no, you, you do technically walk away with something European prize related. So first of oh. all, it's your very own Dimiteo. Dimiteo, it's Robbie. Managed you to uh, to Champions League victory. Oh, wow, look at that! So uh, there's there's that for you. That's that is yours to take home, um, and your very own. Oh, look at that! Chelsea Football Club European Cup Winners Cup 
final shirt from 1998. Mate. That is yours. That is astonishing. Thank you. That is for you. Look at that. <laughs> With the old style badge and everything. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've actually, yeah, I've, I've got a, an old... Um, but and no branding, that's good. No, no, no corporate nonsense going no, on. There. No, auto class, no calls, nothing like that. Nothing so yeah, there. that is from uh, from nineteen ninety eight. That is the uh, European Cup winners um, reissue shirt there. So it's a, it's a remake, but it's from the original manufacturers. Well, I know. And uh, yeah, so um, that is for you today uh, to say thank you for coming on my podcast. Thank you for pleasure. giving me my first paid gig. Oh, that's and, a pleasure. Uh, yeah. So so fingers crossed for another positive. Season next year for Chelsea. Yeah. So exciting times with the young squad coming yeah, through. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? It'd be very nice. Um, so, mate, thanks very much for coming on. Thank you very much. A big thank you once again to Graham Coulomb, a very good friend of mine and a bit of a mentor in comedy as well. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, you might have noticed in the podcast there, I talked about a gig that we had together that was a bit of a disaster, and that was downstairs at the King's Head. Uh, in London Uh, it was a Christmas gig didn't go very very well but there was a lovely part of that evening and that was that um, Graham had driven us down and when we got back to the car we were both feeling a little bit down you know a little bit uh, bummed out about how the gig had gone and uh, Graham reached into uh, the back of his car and he pulled out a little lunchbox and bless him for the journey he'd made me a ham sandwich which I just thought was the loveliest thing have you ever had a, a, (laughs) a car share with someone and they've given you a ham sandwich. I just thought that was the loveliest thing, and I had to mention that on this podcast, because I just think it's, 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 it was a shit gig. But that ham sandwich, it made the night worth it. Now, hopefully, you're listening to this after lockdown has ended, and Hungerford Comedy Club that Graham runs is back up and running. So if you're in the Berkshire area or Wiltshire area, it is worth a trip. He gets a good 120 to 150 people in there. Um, you can find them online, search on Facebook or on Google, Hungerford Comedy Club, and find out when their next show is. If you are listening to this in lockdown, they are doing some online shows as well. Until next time, take care, and I'll see you soon for another episode of Those Comedians Talking About Bloody Football. Don't forget to drop us an email though. Comedians talking about football at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, CTAF underscore podcast, or you can find us on Facebook as well. Just search Comedians Talking About Football. You guys take care of yourself and I'll speak to you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.